Hey, how you doing? It's Clayton here from howtodrawcomics.net and welcome to the HTDC podcast. Today, I'm joined by co-host Rick Bulow to talk about the pros and cons of perfectionism. Should you try to make your comic book perfect or just get it done and learn through the process of actually getting it out there? It can be hard to meet our own expectations for our artwork sometimes, but is setting the bar high such a bad thing? We're here to discuss all of that today and more. Rick, thanks for being here as always. How you doing, buddy? I'm 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 good. I'm glad I'm glad to to be back to you and me. It's been a minute. Yeah, totally. It's good to hear your voice again. My sexy my sexy Denmarkian accent. Yeah, that one. It's it's uh, you know, it's great. It is great oh. to have us both here again, isn't it? We have a there's a certain chemistry between us between our dynamic that i think you just it just doesn't feel the same when we're not both in the same podcast together does it no yeah, it, fe- it felt like it felt like uh, when me and ed our new our new uh, co-host as well that's gonna be around more often uh, it felt that even though he was st- he was there and we had really fun it I, it felt something missing and I know you missed me with Tom as well. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, that's the great thing about having like three podcast co-hosts right now, because if one of us can't be there for one reason or another, and you know, busy lives and all, you know, we're all on a tight schedule and things come up that are unexpected. Well, it means that the other two or even the other one can at least hold the podcast episode, and we won't miss a beat when it comes to putting these out to our audience. So. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, that's who we're doing it for. So, I mean, if we can make sure that we're consistent with these episodes and putting them out there, then that's all for the better, in my opinion. I completely agree. And and, and it's fun. And I I don't think I'd be able to... (laughs) I'd be able to not do it for, for, like, more than a week at a time or so like that. So being consistent also helps me. And, and it probably also helps you knowing that you have a podcast to do. Yeah, absolutely. It does. And, you know, that kind of brings us into the subject of today's episode a little bit here because it's consistency that ultimately, I believe at the end of the day, you know, constantly putting work out there, making sure that you're engaging with your audience, that is highly beneficial for your own development you know, being too much of a perfectionist, which I definitely am. I mean, we all know that, right? At this point, I mention it almost in every episode, how much of a perfectionist I am. And as great and as secure as that can feel for you as the artist, really what it ultimately you know comes down to is that you're not putting art out there on a regular basis or as regularly as you could be. And I think that that can be detrimental to creating a reputation for yourself and actually increasing the size and the number of people who are following your art. Um, But not just that. I think also you only learn so much through being a perfectionist because you've only got yourself to really measure what you're learning against. And so you're there in the background kind of doing your artwork behind the curtains you're, you're trying to learn new things. You think that you've figured out where the biggest challenges for you are, where the 
sticking points are within your artwork, where the progression of development is still yet to be had. But at the same time, really that's only from your perspective. Once you start putting your out artwork out there, there's going to be a billion other different outlooks on what it is you're creating, and people are going to give you feedback. They're going to open your mind up for the various avenues that you've still got left to explore and to conquer, essentially, within your work. So... I think that, yeah, that kind of, that consistency, constantly getting your work out there, it's a very important thing. And it's hard to balance that with being a perfectionist because if you're a perfectionist, you're essentially doing the opposite if you're showing any work at all. I completely agree. I mean, being a perfectionist can more, uh, can easily bite you in the ass rather than be helpful as you just said i have the same problem i can be i can be a massive perfectionist as well and we both we are both teachers so we know we know deep we know in our minds that being a perfectionist isn't going to cut it in our in in the way we work because we are teaching and if teachers are perfectionists as we talked about before we might we might scare the students away. We might scare the people away that comes to us from in the in the How to Draw Comics uh, Facebook group and wants to learn from us. If we are too perfect in their eyes to learn from, they'll uh, they'll have a harder time contacting us for help and or feeling like like we we are on a level where we we can't even teach them because we're too perfect at least in what we show in our artwork if that makes any sense yeah absolutely man i think it makes a lot of sense and it's funny because this is exactly what we preach to our students all the time is you're not going to be perfect you'll never be perfect so just do the work and get that mileage behind you because ultimately that's what makes you better right I mean, yeah, it's good to have some kind of level of standard for yourself, some bar to reach within your work, an aim, for example, maybe an artistic influence that you admire and that directs the flow of your work and ultimately gives you a visualization of where you want to ultimately take it. But I think that, yeah, in the end, you're always going to have to start out at the beginning. And before you've really had the experience of putting work out there it's not your work is never going to look the the way that you want it to look it's never going to be the epitome of what it can be so it's good just to get stuck into it right just keep sketching and i think that a lot of the time what becomes associated with just getting it done not perfect is that kind of blase approach to just producing work and not really having any level of standard of quality for it. But what people don't realize is that it's kind of both. You still want to be doing the best that you can be. You just want to be doing it more on a regular basis so that you can, again, get familiar with your process of working. Make it like muscle memory, right? It's it is really like going to the gym. It's like practicing for the Olympics, right? Because yeah, you haven't run your perfect race yet, and there's no guarantees that you're going to win it even when you do. But that doesn't mean that you don't train every day. That doesn't mean that you don't constantly put the work and time and energy into making sure that you're you're going to practice and that you're 
you're getting in shape for what you'll ultimately want to achieve. And for us, that's comic books, of course. And what that ultimately means is that you do want to be practicing your anatomy every day and putting it out there, seeing what people say, what kind of reaction you get, uh, because they're going to tell you straight away whether or not your anatomy is off, whether the proportions aren't working. And you're going to be able to use that valuable information, take it with you, put it into the next drawing, and hopefully it'll be a little bit better than the last time you put it out there. And yeah, I think, man, it's it is a hard balance. And I don't. I think half of the problem is we don't necessarily what know a hundred percent or have the right perspectives on what it means to get it done and not perfect. Because again, I think that when people say just get it done, it's like, oh well, quality doesn't matter then. But I, I think it still does in a big way as well. Yeah, <clears throat> it does. But you also you also have to remind yourself that even though what you don't put out in your eyes may not be perfect, if you continue to be consistent with not putting your best and perfect out there, you will still automatically improve muscle memory, as you said, like going to the gym. Like take for example an artist that I, I admire a lot, and we have uh, we had on the po- have had on the podcast Nick Melanchik. Yeah. He his his way of putting comics out there is just his ability to make comics really fast is just amazing, and his art his art is really his his art is really great. But I'm I'm sure if he spent a a, a lot more time with it. It would have been even better, but that just shows. Okay, this is what I can do from muscle memory and do it fa- and do it quickly, and it still comes out really, really great. So it's all. So that that also shows that it it will improve automatically, even though if you're not consistent consistently aware that everything has to be perfect. Eventually, by keeping yourself practicing. Just uh, the small things, and keep yourself at a at a constant pace that you know you can handle, and have fun have fun with, and still be able to produce what you need to produce. Your muscle memory will take uh, will will kick in, and it will eventually become come to a point where you where you are at least satisfied with with it. Yeah, absolutely, and there is something to be said, I think, as well. You know, it's always, uh, most of the time, people are going to tell you that, hey, just get it done, just get it out there. That's the most important thing. Don't worry about being a perfectionist because it's a pointless thing to strive for. You're never going to reach perfection. But I think there is something to be said about trying to make it perfect because when we want to make our artwork perfect, that's not a bad thing. That's It's not like a selfish thing. The only reason we want to make it the very best that it can be is so that when we put it out there for people, because you know we make art for people, that's our gift to the world, we want it to be the best for them that it can be. And so when they look at it, we do want that, we want that approval from them to let us know that, hey, they love that gift that we've given them. That's why we want to make it perfect. Um, we also want to know that we're doing the best that we can in ourselves because part of the journey of becoming the best artist that we possibly can be in this in this game of comic book art, part of that is 
is comparing ourselves to those we admire most and knowing that we've put just as much work into ours, into our artwork than that they have. And, you know, you hear about Todd McFarlane and, and Mark Silvestri and all these other famous comic book artists, Jim Lee, talking about how much time they've put in, how much practice they did every single day and how hard they push themselves. It makes you want to do the same thing. It makes you want to raise your bar to the same standards. And I think that that's where this this conflict of perfectionism and just getting things done comes from because, yeah, there there is a certain... Uh, paradigm of perfectionism that you do want to try to achieve within your drawings. And you know what? At the end of the day, I think that it does kind of push you a little bit further with that mindset. It makes your art just that little bit better than it otherwise would be. And maybe you begin kind of becoming curious about the various areas for improvement that you could venture into just because you're striving for that perfectionism. And the end result of that is that your artwork is a little bit better. You've learned something more than you would have otherwise have learned. So you get maybe a bit more out of it than the mileage of just getting it out there. Yet at the same time, that also has its pros as well because you're putting out such a large volume of work. What that ultimately results in is more experience right at a faster pace it also trains you up for the actual industry working within a studio meeting deadlines they don't really care if you're producing perfect artwork all, all they really care about is that you're meeting your deadlines and that it's of a reasonable quality now of course if you ask them they'll tell you uh that they want it perfect and done yesterday <laughs> but you know, I think that that's a, a really good mindset to have. You know, really in your learning phases, especially just starting out, it is important to take the time to really analyze the kind of stuff that you're producing and to pay attention to the areas where you could be pushing it a little bit more. You know, making sure that it's never feeling easy to pull off your artwork. If it feels easy and you're not really being challenged in any way, then that's a problem. That's usually a bad sign that maybe you do need to be a little bit more of a perfectionist and, and raise the bar somewhat. Yeah, I, I was told like recently, or I think I read it somewhere from an artist that I oh, can't remember the name right now, but he's been working on and off with the different game designs and also a little about comics and he said he found his his approach to things and that's do it like you did both uh, analyze every move he did and every time he felt like okay this is just my this is just manual labor <laughs> and it's not fun anymore he knew it he knew it was time to improve by okay now it's just getting something done like scribble down uh, like yeah manual labor and it gets boring then he knew it was time to find some some ways to improve or change a few things to make it interesting once again because else he he would grow tired of it too soon and we don't want our deepest passion to become something we get tired of after all because that would be a really really hard blow for sure but also as as you said with the with the with the varying the degrees of just producing and being a perfectionist at the same time is also a really smart idea because if you don't have the perfectionist mindset but 
at in a smaller in a smaller level than maybe you and me have and we're working to lower if you don't have it at all you, you you won't get anywhere either and then you won't get a job mm. from anywhere yeah absolutely and I think that that's a really good to point up. It's uh, sorry, it's a really good point to bring up, rather, because yeah, in a way, it's like you can be a perfectionist, but don't let that stop you from putting out work on a regular basis. That's what it really comes down to. Because I think when we raise our expectations for our artwork to the perfectionist level, that makes us feel really intimidated to put anything out there. You know, any and. You know, you're making this work and you're never really finishing it because it's never reaching those perfect expectations that you've got for it. And if you're not even finishing that work for yourself because you're too afraid to bring it through to the end, then you're never going to put it out there for sure, 100%. You're never going to put that on stage because it's just, you know, in your mind, it's a disgrace. It's it's not, it's a failure. Um, so I think that, yeah, it's it's important. And really perfectionism is is one of those things that can be something that holds people back in in a dramatic way because of those because of those that fear of putting anything out there if it's not perfect um so i think that you know if you could somehow mesh this mindset together of producing work and not really being so precious about it that you'd never put anything out there because you're afraid of how people are going to react to it. And sometimes they react in, in a way more positive way than you'd expect as well. There's been so many times when I put a piece of artwork out there, I haven't been happy with it. It's not, in my eyes, the best that I could do or have ever done. And yet it gets a better reaction than the artworks that I put out that I thought were near perfect. And that, for me, is the strangest phenomenon ever because, you know, you just wouldn't ever expect that. So I think that sometimes your own perspective can trick you. And the areas within your artwork that you criticize the most are usually areas that no one else is ever going to see, at least when you get into those later stages. You know, in the beginning, of course, we'll start out with terrible proportions, weird-looking anatomy, whacked perspective. And, you know, everyone's going to notice that. You're going to notice that. You've got to make sure that you get that under control as fast as possible. That's just the drawing principles. But later on, when you graduate to those higher tier levels within your artwork, um, that's when you start to face these battles within your own mind about whether or not your artwork is reaching the standard that you have for it. But the problem is that you can also have that mindset <coughs> mindset of being a perfectionist even when you're still learning. And that, that also can make it really difficult to get anywhere. And, you, and you'll get to that point where, like in, the, like in the How to Draw Comics group that, I, that we're in and we are, we are working hard on, that's currently growing really large. We, we see a lot of posts about that people are scared of showing their stuff with, with, how, much, with how, how much greatness and experience and, and other things they see in there, they too, from other people that's really, really good and better than them, they're, they're stating they're too afraid of showing it. But I also think it may be their own personal 
perfectionism that comes in and takes over and says, nah, you're not good enough. You're not good enough uh, to show your stuff yet. It's not perfect enough. Yeah. I literally saw a post today, just this morning, while I was scrolling through the news feed of the uh, How to Draw Comics group on Facebook, which, yeah, it's big. It's almost 30,000 members at this point, which is absolutely blows my mind. Um, but, yeah, they said there was someone who posted mm. there, and they said that, uh, you know, the work that they were seeing on that group made them feel too intimidated to post anything. And, um, yeah, unfortunately, that can that can be a hindrance, a major hindrance. And in a group like that, it really does depend on the kind of culture that you're dealing with because if you do post up work as a beginner, as a newbie, into a group that is mostly, like, you know, full of pros and that's kind of where the group is headed, then maybe you'll get a little bit more negative feedback. But in a group like How to Draw Comics where the main subject is learning, I think it's super important to take advantage of that. I mean, you've got a 30,000-member focus group there that is essentially a classroom full of teachers and other students that you can be bouncing your ideas off of and asking for help. And they're going to give you pinpointed information that you can take on board, apply, and see immediate results within your work. Why wouldn't you take advantage of that? I mean, that's one of the reasons that I created that group in the first place was because I needed some kind of bouncing board to put my artwork out there so that I could get feedback on it, especially because I was creating courses, right, for howtodrawcomics.net. I wanted to make sure that I was creating stuff that people actually wanted to know about and learn about and that the kind of artwork and examples that I was including in those training products were actually enticing enough for people to want to learn how to pull them off. So... Yeah, I mean, it's been a really big help for me, um, and it's helped direct my own development as an artist, and I think that everybody out there should try it who is learning this stuff and wants to get better. If you want to get better fast and circumvent years and years of flying blind with this stuff, I highly suggest that you find comic art forums specifically and start posting on there. You know, Pencil Jack is another really great forum that you can check out. Um, it's still going, and the critiques on there are usually very extensive, and they're going to give you a lot of valuable information. Yeah, they're kind of hard on you sometimes, but you need that. You know, compliments are never going to be something that levels you up dramatically. They'll encourage you to keep pushing forward, sure, but it is the critiques and the feedback that's going to get you to that next level faster. So definitely something to, to make sure that you're thinking about. And again, all this this fear of, of not making perfect artwork and showing your work off to the rest of the world, being afraid that, you know, there are flaws within it is something that's not going to help you to progress. In in a weird way, it's not going to lead to, it's the last thing that'll lead to you creating perfect artwork, which is kind of, you know, ironic in a way. Yeah, it, it'll only hold you back. And it's, well, and that's just the mental mindset that many people have that some sort of anxiety to put themselves out there because art, no matter the subject, you do put some, some part of yourself out there after all because it's yours, it's, it comes from you. So the anxiety of putting that out to the world, which they basically do with 30,000 people watching, 
it can be intimidating mm. if you go into if you go into it with the mindset of oh 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 what 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 would all the professionals say what would all the good guy, good artists say what will all the how, will they hate this will they mock me will they laugh at me and mm. I'm sure people think like that because I know students uh, of mine have have thought of the, like that as well and you probably met students as well heck when we were younger we we probably thought that i i know i thought uh, thought like that you probably did also so we've all been there but we need to check that off because we if we need if we want to get better we can't we can't have that anxiety anxiety holding us back yeah and beyond that we can't we can also we can't also just push it out there and thinking this is already good we we have to stay in between we have to stay in, like in the middle of those two uh, opposites yeah we do it's interesting that you say that rick actually because when i first started putting artwork out on deviant art back in the day when i was still in high school i was probably maybe 16 17 or so and I was really trying to get serious about my art back when I was using only a mouse to create digital artwork. Um, what I would do is I would draw up my illustrations using a ballpoint pen, scan that, convert it to black and white in Photoshop, and begin coloring it that way. So it was very, uh, you know, it was the caveman times of my art career, you could say. Very primitive way of working. But, you know, I've come a long way since then. However, in saying that, I still did put my artwork out there and I was never so much afraid of it necessarily than I was curious about how people would react to it. And I think that is because I had a little bit of confidence and I guess that was through my upbringing, you know, my friends and my family, they always encouraged me and my artwork and, and for me to keep on going with it. So I didn't get a whole lot of negative feedback. You know, I was in primary school, high school, I was the, the dude who did art, you know, I was the best there in the classroom. And I kind of had a bit of a reputation for being the artist of the class. So I didn't really get you know, a, a whole lot of negative feedback from doing what I did, which probably gave me the confidence to get it out there onto the internet. Because, of course, in my mind, I was like, well, my friends and family enjoy my artwork. Then if I put it out to the world, they'll enjoy it too. And I'll get even more positive feedback. Of course, I did put it out there and I started getting, uh, you know, a few critiques here and there, advice on how I could make it better. And I actually seeked out that advice from professionals as well. Like, I had this mindset where I really wanted to know exactly what it was that I needed to do in order to get better and to improve my artwork. So I was of a very a, a growth mindset with my artwork that I really wanted to get to the level of Todd McFarlane and Greg Capullo. They were my primary influences in my teens. I love the intense detail that Greg Capullo incorporated into his illustrations, particularly on his own comic book, The Creech. And if you're a Greg Capullo fan, you guys should check that out. The Creech, I got a few issues of that. Uh, one of my, some of my most prized, uh, prized issues that I've ever collected because um, it was a book that he had written, he had illustrated, and the amount of intricacy within those illustrations within each panel was just mind-blowing. And so I would look at that and I would want to try to aspire to get my artwork to the same level. So 
I wanted to know how to do that. I wanted to know what other people thought of it. I don't know why, but I just really wanted to get it out there in front of people. So I think it depends maybe on the kind of experience you have, especially as a younger artist, and whether or not you get positive or negative feedback that either pushes you forward or kind of holds you back from showing it to the world. So in your experience, Rick, how was, I mean, when did you start doing art? Were you doing art in your teens as a kid? And what kind of feedback were you give, getting at those points? Well, I was, I've done art, art all my life. And if you, it's, now we have to go back to almost podcast episode one where I told about where I come from a military family, military father that didn't believe that yeah I should be an artist, but he 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 was still father fatherly enough to try and support me in his own way. And every time I came with a drawing that I was proud of, if he didn't like it, he'd he'd rip it in half and say, "Do better next time." Mm. Well, that's brutal. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I can understand. It was brutal back then. But when I, what I've come to learn when I've grown older, I share his kind of mindset that it's harsh, but it helped me. It helped me study harder to improve better because I wanted to show him up. I wanted to show him that I could do it. And eventually, I became, came to the to a point where he started putting my drawings on the on the refrigerator instead of ripping ripping it apart unless it what i came up and showed him weren't better than what was already there so in that way even though it was harsh the reward was still so much better just just when he put it on the refrigerator just that instead of ripping it apart just that feeling mm. many many people would would probably not get that but it's the same way of okay, being anxious about okay are you gonna are you gonna get hateful comments on on this drawing on deviantart or are you not it's basically the same but harsh yeah it's hard to explain because mm. i've lifted it so it's hard to try and co convert it into something that might be easier to understand how it was for me i never hated it i never i saw it as a challenge and I always been been raised with take, taking the balls by the horns, isn't that a saying? Yes, it is. Yeah. And just and keep going and keep pushing for what you want. Yeah. And and I always live always lived like that. But as you were saying as well with the that you needed that that you had the confidence of going into DeviantArt because you were raised with people that that gave you that confidence and and pu pushed you forward to doing so. There's also the, the, there can also be that problem that if you have a too a too good of support about a surroundings of friends or family that you get over uh, that you get uh, that you that in your mind you get you think yourself too good to even listen to other people become selfish about it you become you get an ego because my friends told me i was i was good and we see that a lot of times as well uh, where people they're saying don't tell me what to do mm. people, and at least i at least i have so you you've also been you also obviously been raised by having by, by being uh, by having some humility and being humble in your life by i can tell just by the way you are 
that you're yeah. a very humble person and that probably comes from your from your past but if you ha hadn't had that but still still have gotten the support from oh you're so good at drawing uh clap 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 push on push on i i don't want to say kissing ass but mm. because that's not what they did but it can happen when people are wants to be be around you because you're popular for artists they start kissing ass more than actually meaning just to be part of that group mm. and your ego would have grown and i've seen that a, a, a lot of times as well especially online when it's so easy yeah. and people can get away with it so much easier so you also need to you also that could also easily easily happen if you so again as as we Every time we talk about pod, uh, say talk about something in podcasts, we always we always start out with, it's not good to do this and this and this. But if you do the uh, the opposite thing too much, it's equally bad. Mm. And this is just the same. Yeah, it, it's because everybody is different and they're driven by different things. Um, so, do you think, Rick, that because your father was so harsh? on your bad artwork, the artwork that wasn't good enough, do you think that that kind of makes you more reluctant to put artwork out now? Like, is that the reason for maybe your level of perfectionism, wherever that is at? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, if I don't, if, if I don't in my head think, uh, think for myself that this was better than the, the piece of art I did yesterday, for example, or something like that, I, I don't have to, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not afraid to pull, put it up, but I don't have the need to want to put it off, I, and I and I easily forget it. You know, when stuff you 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 can't do, but you just choose not to do because why 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 bother? It doesn't even it doesn't even matter anyways. I think that's a mindset I've gotten from that. That's bad because that makes me not wanting to share a lot and. Most of uh, some of the best stuff I share is done is is done in my classes for some reason, but that's the that's the stuff I'm most proud of. Mm. And yeah. I usually give I, I and I usually give that to my students. And so when I come back and start working on digital, with, which I'm still new at, so of course it's it's not gonna be at the same less, same level as what I've worked for in like. 25 years which is traditional even though digital isn't isn't that much different it's still there's still a learning process that i'm still going through so of course the digital work won't be as good as the traditional so and the mindset of okay this is not better than the than what i did last time so just meh you know mm. yeah definitely man so I think that's really interesting to think about because it depends on what you're driven by. For some people, like, and this is what it's sounding like to me, Rick, some people are driven by that negative feedback in a way. Like it, it does make them want to prove that person wrong that's been giving them, you know, the the negative feedback about their artwork. They want to do better and they want to make sure that the next piece of artwork they do is going to obliterate the expectations of that 
person or that audience that have been giving them this critique. Whereas on the other side of that, there's some artists who strive more from positive feedback where they're encouraged to keep on going in the direction that they're going in. But I, I guess for me, one of the reasons that I didn't have a huge ego and I still remained humble even though I was getting that feedback was because I was kind of my own worst critic. Like there was expectations I had for my work based on the influences who had inspired me to create it in the first place. And so I was always comparing myself against them. And I guess getting that positive feedback from the people around me allowed me to keep on going in the direction that I wanted to go to eventually get my artwork to that level. So I guess without those influences, without that bar that I was trying to reach, maybe I would have had a huge ego about myself. Maybe I would have been putting out a whole lot more work, but of a lesser standard. So it's very interesting to think about these different dynamics and drives that we have as an artist. You know, what is it that drives us to create in the first place? And what is it, even more importantly, that holds us back from progressing as much as we could? So, you know, just hearing about your background and your experiences, Rick, and my own, and there's likely many others out there who follow the same paths in one direction or another, it's very interesting to think about that and it kind of makes you wonder what you can put into and implement within your life intentionally to help speed up your development as an artist because if you know that you work better and that you progress faster with positive feedback, then what that means is you need to surround yourself with people who are going to encourage you, who are going to kiss your ass, so to speak, because you're a brilliant artist. Um, but if you thrive more on negative feedback and getting critique than, you know, on a constant basis, then you need to surround people with yourself with people who are going to give you honest negative feedback about your work that is going to ultimately help you. You know, having toxic people around you that are just going to tear you down even when your artwork is halfway decent, that's never a good thing for anybody. So... Yeah, it's, uh, it's really interesting to think about how we're all different and what drives each of us, Rick. Yeah, <clears throat> sorry. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, whenever I've gotten positive feedback, I've always, I've always had the, the thought about, yeah, you're just saying that. Like, because I've been raised with the negative feedback uh, approach, as, as we talked about, which... I thought for many years worked for has worked for me, but but and and then to the point now that when I finally get positive feedback, oh well, it did it did some years ago years ago at least I've gotten better at accepting positive feedback than I did back then, but just a few years ago I couldn't take positive feedback because I instantly just thought yeah you're just saying that because you want to be kind you're just saying that like my brain was why are you not critiquing this i want critiques i don't just want the pat on the back i can't use a pat on the back for anything because i was destroyed driven in the in the in the sense that i want to i wanted to get pushed forward i want to get challenged by my peers and a pat on the back didn't challenge me if that makes sense mm. so so what about you when you first start, you must. There must have come a point with you where you really got hammered down by something really, really harsh critique. 
by someone that was above, above above your level and you knew the person was above your level or mm. something like that that really brought you down for a spell. Have you experienced that? Yeah, it's interesting that you bring that up, Rick, because um, I can't... I'm sure that I have, but I can't really remember a time that is significant where that happened. Like, maybe in the past I ha- I would have gotten a comment here or there, but I just... I don't remember, and I don't know if that's because I don't store super negative information and I kind of only take with me the positive uh, reactions that I get from my work. I mean, I know that I've got really helpful feedback and it's allowed me to pay attention to the areas within my artwork that's helped me to progress. What they were specifically, I'm not exactly sure, but I know it's been on either end of the spectrum and it's been usually a mix of both. Even now, there's... There's a lot of positive reactions to my work, which I'm really, really grateful for. And I feel good about my work because it looks the way that I want it to. You know, I can see definitely my own stylistic identity uh, becoming stronger and stronger within it every time I draw something. But at the same time, uh, I do still get negative feedback every now and then. And usually that's based on other people's perspectives and, and opinions. And that's where I try to distinguish, okay, what's going to help me here and what's going to, and what's just a change that I would otherwise make to cater to someone else's tastes. Because not everybody likes the proportions that I use for my comic book characters, for example. And I do. And that's just a matter of taste, right? So that's not necessarily something that I should change about my artwork just because, you know, this person likes it in this way and that person likes it in this way. If the anatomy is wrong, like the muscle groups aren't correct, or, you know, the proportions are so out of whack that they just look un- uh, not aesthetically pleasing in any way, then, of course, you know, I need to change things up a little bit and I need to make some adjustments. But... um I think that, yeah, it becomes a case of where you as an artist have to make a distinction between the feedback that you're getting, whether it's useful or not, primarily. So, yeah, it's a good question, Rick. Um, I definitely would have gotten both, but I think that in terms of the specifics that have gone into it, I just there hasn't been a comment that has been negative enough to traumatize me in any way as an artist. <laughs> Put it that way. Yeah, Okay, okay, because many people, a lot of people I talk to have had an, a, a comment or, or critique. I'm not, I'm not saying a troll comment or really just someone who's, who's talking crap at your mm. stuff, but giving you some really hard critiques that really brings you down. Mm. That's the comment. I'm talking, and many have that standing out, like, yeah, I remember this one. That really brought me down for, like, for, for some time. What was yours? Mine was my father. Right. I mean, I had that from the, I had that from almost the get go. Mm. Like the anxiety of when I showed drawing, the, will, will it come on the fridge or will he tear it up? I think that 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 has also helped me now to to take to to take people uh, to take people's comments in in the facebook group, group uh with a grain of salt and not take it too hard as much as i might have might that i could have done because i i t- i easily sadly sometimes easily take take some things to heart that i shouldn't 
but thanks to the harsh upbringing in that aspect, I don't think there'll be ever be a comment that will be that will that will hit me harder than remembering how it was how it felt when my father ripped a drawing drawing in half. And I'm saying that because say, uh, I'm sad. I'm saying because as I said before. I'm happy. I'm kind of happy that he did it because it it paved the way from from for how I I approach art and and continue to learn in the, uh, and still does. So it's a positive in hindsight for me. But I can understand when I tell I tell the story to others that they they go, oh no, that's so sad. That's so depressing. That's so you know. But I saw it as a good thing. I see it as a good thing now, but I can still re- recall what I felt back then. But I see it as a good thing. Hmm. The and hard, that, yeah, the hard situation you're in, I guess, Rick, is that you don't put your artwork out there because of that that negative that fear of negative feedback that you're going to get, which of course began with your, you know your dad ripping your artwork in half. I mean that'd be You'd never want to show your artwork to anyone ever again after that. But also the other side of that is when you do put it out there and you get that positive feedback, you don't believe that it's genuine anyway. I think the, I think the, my biggest uh, my my biggest trouble is that I I, I don't want to put uh, an added trouble at least is that I also don't want to put anything out there that's that's not better than what I've did earlier or what I've what I've done before mm-hmm. so I I got I, I, I got a, I got a lot of struggles but I'm breaking I'm breaking the walls down more and more mm-hmm. but for, for for now for now I'm just in the, enjoying being helpful in the group uh, the best way I can and when I can yeah totally I think it's really interesting to observe pros like Jim Lee and like Mark Silvestri. And I bring these two up a lot. Oh, and Todd McFarlane, of course. I bring those guys up a lot because they and do... Finch. And Finch, yes. I bring them up because they do post out videos where they demonstrate their process and how they draw. And you actually get to see them construct their illustrations. And watching them work, what's very, very interesting is that they do not work in the way a perfectionist would work. They work with speed. They throw down lines without even thinking about it. And it just seems to kind of work. Whereas a perfectionist, on the other hand, is going to take a very long time to refine their work to the level of quality that they believe it should be at. They, uh, And the funny thing is, is that what ends up happening for these pro artists who are working in these with haste, with swiftness, what ends up happening is their artwork looks more energetic. It looks more natural and full of life as a result. And what's kind of, again, there's a lot of ironic situations here where what ends up happening is the more we try to perfect our artwork, the further away it gets from looking perfect, right? Whereas if you're just, if you've gained all these abilities and you're creating artwork and you're putting it out there and you're working like a pro would work. So in other words, you're you're working as fast as you possibly can. Of course, with with a certain level of accuracy, you know, you want to make sure that your line work is somewhat distinct, but 
there's a certain level of detachment I think that these pro artists have where they kind of have a deeper understanding as a whole of what it means to be a comic book artist and to create. And I think that when they're working, that's the kind of mindset that they're in. They're not trying to make a perfect piece of artwork because they're level-headed about it. They're, they have a balanced perception of what their artwork needs to be and the kind of expectations that they have for it. And so, in a way, I think that you, in, in order to be the perfect artist, to create the artwork that you dream of creating that's closer to you know, you're, you're those you admire most, and for me, that is Jim Lee and Mark Silvestri and David Finch and uh, Jim, uh, and uh, uh, Todd McFarlane, I think that you kind of have to let go a little bit. And what really helps me is to observe them working, to see how they throw down their lines and compose the image, to watch their process unfolding so that I can understand the way in which I need to work to achieve the same results. Because without that, without being able to observe them and to see, demonstrated before my very eyes, how they're constructing these immaculate illustrations, you're just flying blind. You're you're sitting there and you're you're trying to imitate what it is they're creating, but you're not doing it in the correct way. And because of that, your artwork especially as a perfectionist, is going to wind up looking contrived, artificial, and ingenuine. It's not going to look as though it's got the same amount of life and energy as those pro artists are putting into their own. So it's, again, one of those things where what, what you resist persists, right? In other words, the more perfect you try to make something, the less perfect it's going to be. And I think that that in and of itself is a general rule that artists who are listening can take away from this episode and and try to keep in mind for their own stuff. Yes, raise the bar. Make sure you're you're being a perfectionist about the fundamental drawing principles that make any well-structured illustration work. But at the same time, when you get to the point where you've got those fundamentals down, where you have a clear understanding of perspective and form and anatomy and proportions and all that other stuff, then once you've got those tools and you know how to use them, create the artwork that you want to create without the unrealistic expectations that you have for it being attached because that's when you're going to make your best work, when you're having fun, when you're not analyzing it, when you're in the zone and you're completely submerged in just the process of creating rather than the outcome that you're going to get from it. Yeah, exactly right because... <clears throat> and those artists have done exactly what we talked about earlier. They have done the, all the muscle memory, so it's all in the muscles on, on how to draw whatever they draw, so they can do it that easily and with that much confidence instead of using Control-C, Control-Z over and over again like <clears throat> someone I, I know that mm-hmm. lives in Denmark, that's my neighbor, not me, of course. I never used... <laughs> no. I use but, yeah. Control Z all the time, <laughs> and I yeah. wish I didn't. Exactly, and uh, I, every time I press the Control C, which is a quick story, I, I feel I feel the uh, almost in my brain, like ah, uh, and I get more mad about doing it <laughs> than doing the actual li- line that I think is wrong, or the or the actual piece of a sketch I'm doing is wrong. 
uh, get more mad about me having to control being so inclined to use uh, the delete tool. Mm. But that that's because I, I, I don't rely on that muscle memory that I know I ha- I have after because just because I've gone to digital doesn't mean doesn't mean I've forgotten what I've taught myself over these twenty five years of traditional. I mean I've I studied I studied doctor books on anatomy and movement and and bought anima- animation tutorials and class lessons from the animation workshop here in Denmark just to learn flow with the muscles and all that. So I know it in my head, but then I went, uh, go to digital and just feels like I'm starting all over. And that's my mistake. And I think it's also a confidence thing as well. Mm-hmm. But it is easy to, uh, to, to forget that it's, the, it's still basically in my head if I just allow it to come out in muscle... Uh, as the muscle memory that it that it is because <clears throat> as you can see those men you just you uh, you just mentioned what they do is basic muscle memory not nothing nothing more nothing less that's why they make it so easy easy because they know all this and they mm-hmm. just put it out there <clears throat> and another good proof of that uh, on from you is some of your older teaching uh, teachings stuff, like we talked about this before, when uh, when you put out your venom, mm. which you said yourself was one of your most relaxed and most uncontro- quote unquote uncontrolled pieces of drawing mm. that in- you ended up surprisingly satisfied with. Compare yeah. that to some of to some of your first uh, some of your your first lessons that was. You've admitted yourself as well. I might have been over controlled, like the mm. perfectionist had taken over. You can see, you can really see a big difference just in those two, which one looks more fun, which one is more eye catching. Yeah, but then time. again, you also have to understand that those class lessons have to be made in a in slightly different way because they're teaching someone. So, yeah. so a, a good example right there as well is to look at those two sides of you where you let go and where you have where you focus on it so much because you want to make it perfect for those who watch who who reads it and wants to learn from it yeah absolutely and it is an interesting idea to wonder if you're a perfectionist enough and you create these perfect artworks enough and you somehow get the mileage behind you to consistently do that will you just become faster at making perfect artwork will you just become more competent at it and will that somehow integrate into your muscle memory because that's really how learning works you are analyzing it and you're conscious of the areas you need to improve in the beginning but then once you learn it it kind of goes into the back of your mind where all the other information that you already know about is stored and it's something that you think about now on a subconscious level where the drawing process becomes an almost automatic process when you set out to draw a new illustration so i think it's really uh, an interesting idea um and you are right rick when you're in the classroom and you're teaching students and you're demonstrating in front of them I love that because it kind of forces you to produce something there and then, 
you don't really have the option of going back and second guessing yourself because you know you have to perform and there's no way around it that is when the class is happening and you can't really navigate around that so i love how that kind of forces me to just get those illustrations out and that was when i created that that venom sketch that you're talking about and referring to so it's an interesting thing to think about um what reminded me of when you were talking about the control z is watching the demonstrations that i've included in this heroine's work uh course that i've been working on uh where i show people how to draw design ink and color full comic book heroine characters and watching those back it was very interesting to see how many times i did hit the undo button because i did a lot especially because some of the cross hatches that i was using to render the cape of one of the characters was so long and drawn out that it was really hard to throw down a line which was neat and tidy and going in the trajectory that I wanted it to go in. And so I did have to go back and like have a go at that like four times over before I eventually hit the mark on it. So I think for me, I'm still definitely a little bit of a perfectionist, especially when it comes to demonstrating the artwork that I want to put into the courses on howtodrawcomics.net specifically because I am creating work on there for people that I want to blow away. You know, I want them to look at that and I want them to want to learn how to pull off the same techniques. So uh, I put a whole lot of pressure and expectations on myself to do that. Um, but yeah, man, it's it's one of those battles that we're always constantly going to be fighting as artists, I think. And there's no way around it. You, you're, That is the burden of an artist, to be constantly pushing yourself to become better, to get to these greater heights in one capacity or the other. And that does require you to have a perfect vision of the artwork that you want to create someday. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean... I saw a video about it, uh, uh, Draw with Tiesa, a, mm -hmm. fellow, a, f a fellow Australian of yes. yours. Yes, yes. Yeah, you're probably best friends with him because you you, you only live like five people in <laughs> Australia as far well, I remember yeah. from my story class, history classes. Uh, drawing with Jazz, he's, he's just an actor, you know that, right? Like me. We're just actors. Yeah, 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 yeah I know that. And, <laughs> and Hugh Jackman is an actor that acts as an actor. Yeah, we all live in the same but, town. Yeah, and uh, but he made a video where he challenged himself when he was drawing the digital that was called "No Erasing Challenge." <laughs> That's a good challenge. Like, and yeah, just by thinking of that, I was like, "Wow, okay." Okay, I, I, I first thought, "Well, that's easy." I, I never, I never really erase. And then he also said, "But that means Control C as well." So I was like, oh, crap, <laughs> I can't do that. And I actually started somewhat pumping myself up to try and do that challenge just to see how it will work. Yeah. It would be a fun challenge. And, uh, and now I'm at least, now I've at least passed it on to people listening. And you, wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. I'd love to do to that. Try, it sounds fun. Try and do the, the, to try and do the no erasing challenge it can be done in for traditional users as well of course it's mm. easier there it's just remove your eraser and it, it'll be good but for digital you it can be paint or painting over it to erase it doesn't count 
either. And Control C doesn't count, and the obvious erasing tool. You can't use those to. You can't erase, basically. Cool. I love that idea. That sounds awesome, man. Well, we're at about an hour here on the HTDC podcast, so I think it's time to wrap it up. But, uh, Rick, have you got any final thoughts on the topic of today's episode that you want to impart onto the audience? I, I think we actually got, I think on my behalf, I really got through with what I wanted to share with my experiences at least. And, uh, to, and it basically coming out that there's no... There's no wrong way to to uh, to to approach whether you like the negative comment uh, comments to, to build you up or the positives. You just need to find what works for you and then keep keep pushing that, keep pushing yourself by using that what works for you mm-hmm. instead of looking at what doesn't work for you and and focus too much on that and let that push you back if that makes sense. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, man. And honestly, my final thoughts are just that after going through this episode and talking about what we've talked about, what it makes me realize is that a lot of the time as an artist, your development is going to be somewhat of a gray area. You are going to be kind of one of a perfectionist to an extent. And at the same time, you going to be want to be producing your artwork on a consistent basis where you are putting it out despite the fact that it might not be in the vision that you ultimately want it to be yet so it's something where you have to not let your expectations hold you back your own need to create this perfect vision that you want to create hold you back and cause you to fear putting it out there to the world because it'll never be perfect. It'll never be the perfect vision of what you want it to be. All you can do is to do your best. And I think that that's where I'll leave it myself for this episode. For those of you... That's good. Yeah. Yeah. For those of... Yep. Go ahead, Rick. Sorry. No, I was just going to say, and that's good enough. You're not perfect. And that's completely fine. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So... Rick, thanks so much for being here today for the episode. It's been an absolute pleasure as always. And for those listening, thank you also for sticking with us. It's been awesome, and uh, we'll see you next week.